Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Honorable DJ Metal Monkey of the Honorable DJ Metal Monkey Radio Show. And today, this is episode 212, and I thank you guys for coming in. I've been getting a lot of more subscribers since I posted some stuff on my social media, but I got a special treat for you today. Well, during one of my Zen lectures this week, it come to me the realization of every day that we live, some people live in pain, some people live uh, in disagreement with what was going on, but the ultimate truth is that your life is exactly what's in your head. Your life are your thoughts, and you are a collection of every thought and every experience that you've had up to this point. Therefore, okay, some of the things that's on my mind personally, some of the things that I've been thinking of, it's been my life. So I'm going to share some of these videos with you that's been about my life, some new revelations, some just some things that sparked the mind, you know, and everything is allegedly, you know what I mean? These are just the things that have shaped my mind up to this point right now. This is the Honorable DJ Metal Monkey, and I want you guys to enjoy the show. Uh, hit subscribe if you're not subscriber. Hit the bell for notifications. And also visit DJMetalMonkey.info. getting a lot of memes and stuff like that together for this show because I instead because I really can't really post like that anymore you know and it, it kind of sucked but I can't really like make my posts I mean it's basically me giving away free game or like shit that I sell so it's, it's kind of crazy you know what I'm saying so I, I shut stirred away from it I'm telling y'all y'all need to all take a social media fast but that one family member that refused the vax Boom! I seen this meme. This shit was pretty funny. Then I found something else. When I was younger, I used to um, do this thing called book it. Boom, there it is right there. Book it. That was, uh, you read a book, and then you go get a free pizza. Well, I was doing that every single day. I was reading a lot of books, and then one of my friends stole a stack of book it things that we could just fill out and take to uh, go get a pizza. So I continued to get pizzas until that whole program was over. Yeah, shout out to book it. All right. Now, are y'all ready to stop listening to folks telling y'all where y'all come from? Now, my big thing this week, your thoughts and the things that's on your mind, that's your reality, right? So I started having more thoughts. Like, as I got older, I started realizing, man, it's some more important shit. Like, my priorities change, things, things change. You know, it's just change. And some people don't change because of what's in their head. You know what I mean? Like, you got to understand, something's different in everybody's head. I, I don't know what nobody's thinking, but I'm, I'm sharing this with you guys. All right, so check it. All right, this is a video that, and, and, and for the rest of the show, it's getting, I'm, I'm going, going to play shit that's gonna make you think. All right, this is what's been on my mind. Check this out. Stop scrolling. 
because what I'm about to tell you is something that the governing bodies of these lands do not want you to know. Now we learned in 1492, Columbum sailed the ocean blue. We also learned in 1619 that the Anglo-Saxon pilgrims came over here looking for religious freedom. In both cases, we were taught that they were met by these people who were the indigenous of America. But that's not entirely true. According to Giovanni de Verrazzano, the people that were found here were black in color, not unlike the Ethiopians with thick black hair, not very long. Whoa, and he encountered them in the Carolinas in 1524. That's right around the time Columbus came to these lands. This is further echoed by James Hugo Johnston, who was a professor at the University of Virginia in the 1900s. He says, to the visitor of the South, the physical characteristics of many Negro slaves bore witness to their Indian origin. Whoa! So you're talking about 400 years later, it's still the same sentiment. Wouldn't the Negro know that they were Indians if they were actually indigenous to this land? You see, that's where these guys come into play. Like Melvin Herkovich, he's the one that created the lie that American Negroes come from Africa only. Not to say that African slaves weren't brought over here, but not four million. Then Walter, Walter Plecker here, what did he do? He took away the benefits of the American Negro who were indigenous to this land and gave them to whites and Mexicans. Hence why you have the certain Hollywood Indian type. But this guy right here, Hedjlika, he was a curator of physical anthropology for guess who? the Smithsonian. So he was able to change the imagery of the indigenous. And he made all these changes with the stroke of a pen. But see, there's a reason I mentioned that he worked for the Smithsonian. This is the Bat Creek Stone. It was found during the course of an official Smithsonian evacuation. The Smithsonian didn't understand the, uh, uh, the meaning of the writing on the stone. They thought it was Cherokee, since it came from Cherokee country, they didn't realize that it's actually Hebrew. So you're telling me that the indigenous people of this land, the Mesoamericans, were not only black, but they were Hebrews? If they're God's chosen people, there would have to be some type of records left behind of their beliefs and their treks throughout this land and their history and... More men. More men. In news today, uh, healthcare workers are starting to protest because they do not want to take the vaccine. Now, mind you, I'm not talking about the Now, this week I had a conversation with one of my big homies. He was telling me, you know, like, you know, you got a voice, you got a couple followers and stuff like that, you know, and I thank you guys for, uh, for even, like, tuning in and checking out the show, like, straight the fuck up. Like, really, it really helps. Thank y'all so much. And also visit me on all platforms. But uh, back to this vaccine shit, he had checked me. He was like, yo, you can't just be saying stuff. I'm not telling y'all to not take the vaccine. But what I am telling y'all is to uh, make, make sure that you understand that this thing is not FDA approved. It's not FDA approved. Like, it's people, it's, it's shit happening. Yo, yo, check this video out. 
This is CBS 17 News. Right now at noon, the World Health Organization wants to put the brakes on booster shots until people in rural areas can get their first shots. But first, a protest outside the governor's mansion from healthcare workers against mandatory COVID shots. Those workers calling on state lawmakers to stop hospitals and healthcare companies from requiring their workers to get a COVID shot. I'm Bill Young. And I'm Liz Ortiz. Those workers and their supporters are protesting outside the state legislative building this afternoon. And that's where we find CBS 17's Joseph Holloway, who talked with nurses attending the rally. Joseph, what they have to say? Well, guys, first of all, that protest actually started over at the governor's mansion, and then everyone marched right here over to the legislative building. You can see where several of them are still here this afternoon. We also heard from a few speakers out here. But the message that they are trying to put out there is very clear. They say that they do not trust the vaccine. This is my passion. This is my life. Karen Helms has been a nurse for 30 years, but now that her employer says she has to get vaccinated, she's willing to walk away. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. I'm still not taking it. You know, my husband is backing me 100%. Um, I will find something else to do. It may not even even be in the healthcare business. Helms organized this demonstration with dozens showing up to have their voices heard. Cheryl Morneau is also a nurse and says she's okay with putting her job on the line. It's not right for us to be told that we don't have a choice or we lose our job. I asked these nurses what it'll take for them to get the vaccine. They both said time. I am not anti-vaccine. All my kids are fully vaccinated, um, but this one's new. We need more time. Don't mandate this now. Let's give it some time. Let's see how it well it works. Now, the CDC and other experts have said all along that the research shows that the vaccines are safe and effective. Live in Raleigh, Joseph Holloway, CBS 17 News. Now, now check this out. Uh, I was sitting down watching Ancient Aliens, and I've been thinking this shit, too. This is some other shit that's in my world. Like, I get real, real mystic-y. You know what I'm saying? Like, I start asking questions about all kinds of shit. So, have y'all ever noticed this about ancient aliens? This is a uh, this is another video. Check this one out. People are gonna be really mad that I pointed this out, but uh, have you ever noticed all the guest speakers on Ancient Aliens are really uh, white? That's weird, right? Because this show is primarily about analyzing the culture of people of color in ancient history. And yet the only times I ever seem to notice a local being interviewed is to just give basic facts about the area. The locals are never the people claiming that it was actually aliens. The show is still on the air, it's got almost 200 episodes, and they're still making more of them, so I'm sure there are exceptions. But anytime I see it on TV, it's always a white dude describing things that non-white people did, saying that it was impossible for how undeveloped they were, and then saying that it had to be aliens. How could the Easter Islanders have invented their own writing without some other cultural influence? They're doing things that would require precision work. How could they have had these advanced 
Machining tools, the one answer would have to be they've gotten it from ancient aliens. The Mayans could not possibly have developed these systems on their own. So it is clear that they were given to them by aliens out there. Of course, the ongoing narrative of these moments is clearly a somewhat contradictory lack of respect for these civilizations and their people. Their art is interesting enough to analyze, their accomplishments impressive enough to praise, and yet, the hosts always come back around to directly or indirectly saying that they were too unsophisticated to have accomplished any of this without outside help, which is an opinion that they never seem to come to about European churches or castles or anything like that. Clearly, someone told the local people how to place these stones into different areas. So you're surmising the technology was given to these people. The engineering yeah. knowledge, yeah. because this screams mathematics. I will certainly concur to this extent. Someone or some ones had extraordinary knowledge here. This is not easy to build. No. The funniest thing about this show to me is that if you believe all of these guest speakers, and you think that 90% of the accomplishments of people of color were done with the help of aliens, and meanwhile we have Stonehenge and nothing else, doesn't that imply that aliens don't like white people? I mean, aliens were going across the globe throughout all of early civilizations and meeting with all these different people and helping them invent things and helping stack structures and building pyramids for them except for us what did we do what did we do that made aliens avoid talking to us for the rest of human civilization i posted that joke on twitter and a couple select people got really, really mad. So now, in my ongoing fight to make everyone on the internet mad, I'm officially selling Aliens Don't Like White People merchandise on Redbubble. Get yourself some Aliens Don't Like White People t-shirts, coffee mugs, blankets, shower curtains, deliver this message to the world with the utmost pride. Link in the description. Anyways, y'all wanna see some alien titties? Within these caves are different murals. We find some of Did you know <laughs> after slavery, <laughs> the, own, the owners of the former slaves got reparations? <laughs> Food for thought. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I'm not for or against reparations. I, I, I say this. Uh, black is not a nationality. African-American is not a nationality. You know what I mean? So these are titles. Like, so unless you can get a seat in the Congress, uh, you know, like to talk to a, a seat in the Senate, like you fucked. It's a wrap. Like it's not, you're not getting anything but some like some sympathy shit, like straight up some, some real stimulus. <laughs> Just food for thought. So, uh, Another reason I don't celebrate Thanksgiving or any of that stuff like that because shit like this, you know, the the, the pilgrims became the Indians. You know what I mean? Like, so how did that happen? I got more footage and more videos. So like, fuck with it. All right, there you go. World. In the same sense that Africans, we have got to start looking in the books for ourselves. 
it wasn't Africans. It was a race of black people. Much like you can go to Africa and Australia and see that it was originally black people there. And by going deeper into history, you see that it was known that it was a black race of people here and also a people that traveled from Asia. And these people were at war, which anybody could tell by looking at the hieroglyphs or morals. And these people were actually winning until the arrival of the Spanish, the Brits, the Belgium, the French, and the list goes on to the point where these people were written out of history and marked as slaves to displace them from their land and make them think that they came from other lands. But not only have we had civil rights activists that have literally let us know that we are in exile in our own land, try looking into a book called The Latest Most Accurate Description of the New World by John Ovalby. Check out my content. Africans settled. So you got Boosie Boo. He on the back. He look the vaccine, man. Y'all see the shit? Hey, I want to encourage everybody out Baton Rouge to go get the vaccine. It's a sleaze up movement. You know what I'm saying? I want everybody to be fresh for the Boosie badge, but we trying to enjoy ourselves. I need everybody, when y'all come in here, go get the vaccine, bro. I even do something special for y'all. Y'all get the vaccine. I'm gonna let y'all get something a part of the booster badge. If it's, I'm gonna I'm I'm make y'all a part of. Even if I just sign something for y'all. But I'm encouraging everybody to go get the vaccine right now. Sleeves up movement. Booster boost Southern University. Yeah. Ain't no big judger on nothing. But I tell y'all what, that fucking ancestry.com shit. Uh, it, it's. Yo, man, I'm going to just say this, man. This is not just to my black audience. This is to anybody who's listening. Uh, y'all getting off the fucking chain. Like, y'all don't know reality. Like, reality is that this shit, passing your DNA out like that, that's the most dangerous thing you can possibly do. That's, that's I mean, you, after you pass out your DNA and third-party companies is buying it, what you might as well do is get your social security number, your bank account, your information and shit, and just post it online, like, every day. Just post it online, because you're fucked. You're fucked if somebody get that in their hands, your DNA. Because they can find people that's connected to you, but it's it, it goes deep. Well, I want y'all to uh, check this out. Uh, I think the ancestry shit is just a little way too far. If you don't know an ancestor... Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, you just gotta, I, it's, it's best to seek, man. Seek and find. And, and a lot of that shit ain't even accurate. Yo, check the shit out. You may have heard of 23andMe or Ancestry DNA. You know, those genetic tests where you spit in a tube and they tell you whether you're 4% South Asian or 95% Danish. But what happens to your spit after you mail it off? DNA testing kits are booming. Last year on Black Friday weekend alone, Ancestor DNA sold roughly 1.5 million kits. That's about triple what it sold in the same period in 2016. When you spit into a test tube, you end up giving away very sensitive information about yourself. We're guessing you didn't read the fine print, so we'll let an attorney summarize it. When you sign up for one of these tests and you click on the agree to the terms of conditions, you are giving away substantially all of your property and privacy and legal rights to this DNA. Your DNA data reveals information about your behavior, the diseases you're predisposed to, and the relatives you didn't even know you had. It also reveals information about your family members, even if they didn't take a test. 
And if you agree to participate in research, you're not just allowing companies to trace your ancestry. You're allowing them to give your data to third parties. And it's not always clear who these third parties are or how secure your data is in their hands. Once you hand over the rights to your data, it can be hard to control what happens to it. If your results suggest, for example, that you're susceptible to heart disease, that could wind up affecting your insurance coverage. If you have taken one of these consumer DNA tests and it indicates that you have a, a likelihood for cancer or you're predisposed to certain types of medical conditions, the insurance company can ask you about your knowledge of your own health. And if you lie to the insurance company, they are allowed to decline your application or rescind your application if they find out about it in the future. Laws like the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act can help prevent some cases of discrimination based on DNA. But those laws have plenty of loopholes and are presently under siege by Republican lawmakers. So far, we haven't seen any public examples of genetic test results being abused. But that doesn't mean it won't happen in the future. A lot of these risks are already spelled out if you read the fine print. But privacy advocates and lawmakers are working to get these companies to make the risks of DNA testing clearer to consumers. In the meantime, you might want to think twice before you spit into a test tube. Now, one of the biggest questions I've had um, in a long time is, all right, this is a story. This is a true story. I have witnesses to it. Uh, Y'all can leave something in the comments or whatever the fuck you want to. Now, I, I could even do it on my channel and show you. But um, I can burn like this hair or I could burn my hair and um, it won't burn up. It'll just frizz, but it don't burn up. And that happened when I was a little kid. My mom used to cut my hair, and she used to, she they used to just get a lighter and burn, and it smudge out like it becomes it smudges out, but it don't burn up into nothingness. Like it just smudge out. It's still something. It just ball up, buckle up. That's what fire do. It it takes a lot of fire to burn my hair. It's something different about it. So <clears throat> that's not just me, it's my relatives also. <clears throat> so I was like, oh, we're a different species. So this is something that um, I learned and I, and I really need your close attention. I really need your close attention. Um, and open your ears to what this guy is saying because my, my theory is that we're, di we're all different species. Because I want y'all to go check out Madame Vlasky's Root Races of Mankind. That's what I want y'all to check out. If you don't know Madame Vlasky's Root Races of Mankind, you need to go check it out. That's Ma Root Races of Mankind. They even got a uh, video on YouTube. Uh, check in my description. I'll probably, have, I'll probably leave the link in, that, in, in the description. But y'all need to check that out to get the basis of what's going on here. Uh, like like on a larger scale. This is beyond whatever. But I want y'all to pay attention to this guy. Check him out. Fact check it. Do anything you want to do. I already have. And I'm sharing this with you. This is some real shit that I learned. And the burning of my hair, that, that shit don't actually burn. Yeah. That's why I'm playing this video for you, motherfuckers. So, so we can open up these conversations. 
the smarter the person, the group is, the greater the probability of genius within that group. So they tested the orangutans, these 15 geneticists from around the world. That, now, these geneticists came from nine different universities. And we have here on the cover of the pamphlet they put out the names of these geneticists. And you can see them right there, right beneath, right beneath the title of this pamphlet. Now this pamphlet, most people have no idea what it means. But breaking it down, and after you study it, and have it explained to you by a geneticist, a trained geneticist, you will find that they're talking about DNA series. Now here are the names of these 15 geneticists from around the world, University of Japan, University of China, Yale University is the headquarters of this organization called the American Association for the Advancement of Science. And you see it down there. Now this was copyrighted in 1996. All right. What it said is this, and this is, this is the mind-blowing part. It said that when they tested the orangutan, they found out he only had three DNA series. When he tested the gorilla, they found that the gorilla had four DNA series. But they're a little, he's a little smarter than the orangutan. They tested the chimpanzee, which is an ape, and found that he had five DNA series. Then they went into, they went all into the different races of the world. They went into Europe and tested the DNA series of the English, the French, the German, the Spanish, the Russians, and found they had six DNA series. Then they put all of this, what they found from around the world, on a map. And this map really is called the intelligence map of the world because they tested 116 different human groups and found their DNA series numbers. All of them, all over the world, have six. And they put the n numbers in form of a little flag that you can see on this map. These little flags have a color. And they show Oh, this is, this is upside down. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And they show that the English have only six, and all into Europe, only six, went over into Japan and China, and they only have six, over into America with a predominantly European, and they only have six. Then they came to Africa, and they came to the part of Africa. Now, all the rest of them, they put in little flag colors. Those flag colors are, are orange-red, if you notice. Mm -hmm. But when they came to Africa, found out that the African people, 
have nine. Nine DNA series from here just below the Shanghai Empire down to the foot of Africa. All those ten nations of which African Americans descended from one of them. We have nine DNA series. The greatest possibility of genius in our group. Now it's answered this age-old question. How can a people survive being told they're nothing? for 400 years, never allowed to learn that they came from beautiful cities and told they came from a jungle. How could a people survive? How can a people become champions in everything they touch? Because they have nine DNA series, while the rest of the world has only six. This is why they copyrighted this. And you notice on the outside of this now, this map is taken, I took this map right from this page here. And I blew it up so that the world could see it. Even though this is copyrighted, I can't let you have this book because it's copyrighted. The title of the book is called Glo Global Patterns of Linkage disequilibrium at the CD4 locus and modern human origins. Global patterns of linkage disequilibrium at the CD4 locus and modern human origins. Now you have to be a geneticist to even know what, that's what they're talking about. But when we broke it down and interviewed uh, Dr. Kidd, the head, he's the chairman, at Yale University, we broke it down into plain everyday English so that the world would know that the African-American is descended from those people who gave to the world the Great Pyramid, gave to the world science, gave to the world mathematics, a black man named Amos gave algebra to the world 3,700 years ago. It's in the world books. It's in the, it's in the encyclopedias. They don't want our children to know this because then that would make the level, the playing field level for white children. And you know what happened when they made the playing field level in basketball and allowed black men to play. Out of 29 of the top-seeded players in the world today, 28 are African-American. When they opened up the pen relays, when they opened up the Olympics and allowed blacks to run back in 1932, we've won all the gold medals. And the same thing will happen in the classroom when they allow our children to learn their African history. That's what this is saying. Dr. Robinson, mm -hmm. uh, are you saying that the African-American also has nine strands of DNA? I am saying that we are descended from the West Africans who have nine DNA series. On this map that these geneticists, you see the green 
You see the green down here? Well, that's where we're from. That's where African Americans are from. Did they test African Americans? They, they, they couldn't. They tested Americans as a group, whites, and they have six. They didn't test African Americans because they know that we are the same people in West, from West Africa. Oh, so they didn't have to. Didn't have to. That's true. How is it that you think that uh, this evolved, that we evolved with nine strands nine. below the Sahara? Well, it tells you in here. This book tells why. Preemie babies leaving their mother's womb early, too early, never developed to the same. Not some buck wild ass shit. Y'all know some wild shit now, right? Um, this boy woke up out, I don't yeah, this boy woke up out of a coma here in Georgia, here in Georgia, out in Gwinnett. This man woke up out of a coma speaking Spanish, fluent Spanish. He didn't even know English no more. He's speaking flu, fluent Spanish. Just like this one guy, this one guy, he was, uh, he woke up out of a coma speaking Hebrew, ancient Hebrew, not just. He didn't. He never even knew it. Like he just was speaking ancient Hebrew. But this guy right here, out of Gwinnett, y'all probably can Facebook this guy or Instagram this guy and, and find his page. Like, but yo, check this story out right here. This is actual factual shit. At five, a metro teenager is struggling to recover from a severe concussion. His parents say when he woke up, though, he was speaking only Spanish, a language he had never spoken fluently before. Channel 2's Gwinnett County Bureau Chief live in Gwinnett County on this with some video of the incident and Tony, why his parents want to warn everyone about the dangers of concussions. Yeah, Justin, this was the uh, Brookwood High uh, student's third concussion playing soccer. He says the sport is his passion and he wants to play it professionally, but everything's unclear right now. He can't go to school, his family's struggling, and they don't know what the total impact is. What do you remember about that game? Not really anything. This is the collision late last month that has turned Ruben and Semo's life upside down. He was playing goalie for an elite Gwinnett County-based national team when he dove for the ball. Another player kicked him in the head. Ruben's coach says the teenager stopped breathing several times. I was in shock and panic, right? And uh, then he would come back. Then he started throwing up. It was a sequence of things that uh, I've never seen, really. It was bad. You thought you might lose him there. I thought I might lose him there. Reuben was airlifted to Atlanta Medical, where he spent several days in a coma. Our life has changed through this process. And when he did wake up, his parents say he spoke only in Spanish at first, a language he'd never spoken fluently before. For now, Reuben stays at home, twirling a ball and watching games on TV. Sometimes I daze out. Sometimes, like, I feel like I'm not there. But I am. He hopes one day to be back on the pitch himself. And when he does return, his coach wants him and every other goalie to wear a helmet. Everybody's waiting till that big thing happens before they start wearing the mask. We should try to prevent these things from happening earlier. As for that uh, Spanish speaking, his family and friends say for those first few days after he came out of a coma, he couldn't speak a lick of English. It was only Spanish. They say his fluency now is kind of fading away, but he still talks it uh, quite a bit. The family says their medical bills so far have, 
at least $200,000. Friends have set up a GoFundMe site trying to raise some money. You can have a link to that on our website, WSBTV.com. Live in Gwinnett County, Tony Thomas, Channel 2 Action News. Now, yo, check this out. This is some funny shit. Now, <laughs> yo, this is this Indian comedian. I want y'all to... Uh, Check him out, man. Just, just, just check him out, man. I, I, I've got to share this with you because when I watched it, it kind of like blew me. I, I was like, where are we going? Cause y'all know how I am. All Indians are black, like, <laughs> and and that's just, you know, that's just some shit. You know, it, it don't mean that you know it, it's five dollar Indians out there. You know, matter of fact, uh, Tribe is on my Facebook page, man. Y'all check him out, man. Uh, this is not, this is beyond racism. This is the truth. People need to know the absolute truth so we can get farther as a people. You know what I'm saying? Further as a people. Shit, smoker. Fuck it. Check it out. I like the way you comb your hair, like stylish clothes you wear. It's just the little things you hey, do. What? I want to ask you about cultural appropriation. Oh. Like, what the fuck happened the other day at the park? Okay, at the park. I got to the park. We get down there and there's a bunch of non-native people, mostly white people, singing their own version of how they think natives sing. And I just kind of watched them for a bit. Hey, what the fuck are y'all doing? Hey, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> I... I, my heart's beating, my heart, I'm really up, like really angry. So I started to ask questions. I said, whose drum is this? They pointed me in the direction of the guy that brought it. Where are you from? Take a turn. No, I don't. Are you Native American? No. You're not. You know what you're doing is disrespectful. You're mocking Native Americans right now. It's all just made up. The guy just, the guy couldn't get it. That's the Native American style drum now. He said, the Scottish have drums, Africans have drums. What if I went to a Black Lives Matter protest and dressed in African garb and uh, did my version of drumming and African singing? My titties are getting crushed. How are we gonna get this off? What if I went to the same rally where I used Jewish culture? What if I put on a burqa and did the Muslim call to prayer? I'd be honoring them, right? Let's see. I'm honoring the Middle East people. Okay, hang on. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't even like doing that. But I would be honoring them, you know? That, that would be my intention. I felt really bad. Not doing it to mimic them or imitate them, but I'm doing it from a place of love. I felt racist as shit. You just don't pick it up and, and do it how you think it should be done because that's how things are lost. So the next time I see that, I'm gonna ask if I can use their sacred bank account any way that I please. <laughs> so it's very important to speak up. Well, we gotta listen to the original people of this land. And I know everybody wants to say we're all one people. We're not all gonna be one people until we have equality and equity and, and start respecting, start respecting. So when you use this, the drums any way you want, you're doing the same thing, you're just ignoring us. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna sugarcoat stuff, all right? Thank you for speaking up because that enables us to come and talk to you. You know I love retro games, but you know what I like more than retro games? Rockstar Energy Drink. Yes, I do. But if you can beat me, 
and take more basketball, you can win. All of this will be yours. All of this will be yours if you can beat me and take more basketball. So hit me up at djmonkeymelomonkey.info. <laughs> hit me up at djmelomonkey.info. And um, you get a chance to win. Fuck, I don't, I don't fucking know. I guess what, what you want to put on it? Like 100, 200? I don't know. If you can beat me and take more basketball, shit, it's all yours, baby. Uh just visit djmelomonkey.info or just email me at email me two or three times at gmail.com. That's email me two or three times at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me. If you want smoke, you can get it. All right. And um, I want you guys to also check out the Georgia Guidestones. Um, check out that's Georgia Guidestones. Go to that. Check out the story. Get into the conspiracies, all of that. You know what I mean? Then y'all understand why we're take like, nobody's anti-vax. They're just thinking with their fucking brain. Um, another thing is, do y'all know why, or do y'all ever wonder why they took the Redskins, the Indians, the, those mascots off? Hmm. Look at that. It's, that's why I believe, you know what I mean? Um, they took it off because, uh, Shit's starting to, you know. Now, who pencil whipped history? Who pencil whipped history? That is what's been on my mind for a while. It's not, um, it's not the, all the, it's not negative. It's just the journey of life. Where do we really come from? What What is really going on? What is really happening? You know what I mean? Like, I don't want nothing against anybody to go crazy and do nothing. I just want to know. Just like every, I, I think a lot of people out here want to know. And I got these videos. Let's watch them. Listen to this guy. This like shit is crazy. Bill Gates is a robot. They've already been assimilated. And they're selling you this vaccine to accelerate the process. Essentially, what we're looking at here is the first stage of human assimilation. Now, when you think of the mark of the beast, it's triple six. We find that on the barcode. The barcode was invented by IBM, ladies and gentlemen. And so the beast system is a computer system. It's AI. We already know that. It's the pages of the Bible playing out before our very eyes, ladies and gentlemen. And we know that not everyone is going to survive the assimilation process. That's why people are dropping dead. It's not just because this vaccine is toxic, but they're weeding out the people that can't be assimilated for the transhuman agenda that's to come. And not only are they going to weed out people based on biology, but they're also going to weed out people based on politics as well. Politics. Politics and so you can bet that everyone that, that gets vaccinated humanity is going to be susceptible to EMF attacks like never before. And it's certainly not a coincidence that the 5G rolled out at the same time as this pandemic. The 5G is meant to complement the vaccine to help it grow 
inside the person, along the nervous system. And undoubtedly this graphene nanotechnology is assembling antennas inside the brain so that people can receive instructions from the AI. They are legion. Like the movie. It's a hive mind that we're up against. These people that you think that are sleeping, they're not sleeping, ladies and gentlemen. There's no waking these people up. They've already been assimilated. They're receiving their instructions Black sheep. from the AI. It's a total takeover. It's a meltdown. It's a disaster beyond anyone's imagination. Now, we're also learning from hackers that people that have been vaccinated can be pinpointed down to their location. We've got all sorts of information about the vaccinated, where they got vaccinated, their wow. name, their email address, their phone number, and what kind of processor is inside them. So we know that this nanotechnology situations that we find ourselves in. This is 2021. This is the pickle we find ourselves in. And how did we get here? I don't know. But I tell y'all what, it's all in our mind. This is what we're thinking. This is exactly what we're thinking. It's nothing to fear. Now, I throw this shit up here like it's fear porn. Yeah, because it is fear porn. But it's collectively what we're thinking. That's what's happening. We all need to get together and get on one accord. It's time to do it again. I'm serious. It's time to do it again. And I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but... Um, yeah, it's time to get on one accord. You know, Lil Nas X, everybody's on his shit talking about, uh, because he did get on Sesame Street and all of that shit, right? It's not Lil Nas X. He's not the problem. None of that's the problem. The problem is, like, everybody as a parent, as an adult, even including myself, we've all got caught slipping. We got caught slipping. You know, it's something out there that... Uh, don't want what we want, you know what I mean? Or it wants to control us. Either or, however it is, we all got caught slipping. The only agenda is to get your mind together and to control your thoughts so that your thoughts can control your environment and your surroundings. That's it. Uh, you know, we, we're only here for a, a certain amount of time and then we're gone on to the next life. So, uh, with that being said, I want you to think about that all the time. Your life is not Earth's history. Your life is only how many of your years you live. That's all. That's all your life is. Some people' life is uh, <clears throat> some people' life is five days. Some people' life is six months. Some people' life is a hundred years, a hundred twenty years. You know what I mean? But that's all your life is. Do as much as you can in that period. All right. On to the next video. Shit, I bit my fucking toe. Social media is changing the world. I mean, the advent of the smartphone, first off, is just, it's changed everything. And the degree to which the social media has changed the, or affected the identity of young adults, I, I would say it like this, that they, they don't know who they are. They, the only person that, that perhaps they truly know is the person that they're supposed to be. 
And that's what social media reinforces, right? Through a social media platform, you can cut, you can edit, you can delete, you can be careful about taking the right picture. And then of course, this is in the context where you're comparing yourself against everybody else and their experiences, whether their experiences are true or faked, just so that they have something to share. And so as it relates to who am I, social media is uh, creating an enormous amount of pressure of this is who you're supposed to be. Now, this actually isn't necessarily anything new. This has been written about for a while, that through television and, and whatnot, that what we are uh, faced with is this, we're constantly being confronted with this idea of who you're supposed to be. And this problem is even more compounded as Western society moves further and further away from Christianity, because of course the Christian worldview provides an anchor for personal identity, that we are made, that we are created on purpose and instilled with intrinsic value because we are made in the image of God. And then further upon that foundation, Christianity says that because your sins are forgiven by faith in Jesus Christ, you are an adopted child of God, a son or a daughter. So if you think about identity in that respect, who am I? Who is Mike Sherrard? He is a man made in the image of God whose sins have been forgiven, and now I'm adopted into God's family, uh, even called a friend of God and a co-heir. My identity is anchored. Well, young adults today, because Christianity, the Christian worldview is being abandoned, identity isn't anchored to that. And then you have social media presenting this idea of this is who you are to be. Uh, it's, it's very challenging for young adults today. Now, for everybody who think everybody come from Africa, I want y'all to do the math on this. Boom. Now, look at this math right here. Now, do y'all think this is actually, I mean, like, you do the math. I'm going to just sit this right here. Hum, dum, 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 hum, dum, dum, hum, dum, 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 hum, did dum, did dum, hum, dum, dum, dum. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. That's fucking impossible. <sighs> All right. <laughs> I've just been on, like, I'm serious. Uh, uh, shout out to all of the creators that I know, uh, musicians, artists, everybody, man. Like, so many people I can't, you know, thank y'all. It's been a long journey. Uh, I love making these videos for you guys and stuff like that. But, you know, um, Monday through Friday, you can go to Spotify, Listen Notes, you can go to Google Podcasts, you can go anywhere and find my um, radio show. Uh, you can listen to it anytime, anytime, and actually uh, get my number and uh, call up to the show and leave your comments, your messages. I like to really, really hear from you, and it's a lot of people who actually do that, so hurry up and get your call in. You know, holler at me. You know what I'm saying? Give me some, uh, give me, give me a topic. Give me something. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. Um, another thing is, uh, let me see what we got here. Cause, uh, yeah, ch check out lifewithlane.net. You know, go to lifewithlane.net. That's, uh, lifewithlane.net. Y'all check, check her out. That's my friend, uh, or another lane. She gets down on the blogging. She do all of that. That's dope as hell. Y'all check out RyanX.com. You know, um, 
That's my A1 day one. You know what I'm saying? That's my dog. That's my dog. And she ain't she ain't she ain't playing no games with nobody. So y'all check out her podcast. Is I love it. I think it's dope as hell. Um y'all do that. Also, go to this store right here. This is uh this is my people's shit, my sister's uh store. I think it's dope as hell. Everything she got in it just be lit. So like go to her store, shop, y'all get discounts, all that stuff. Uh I don't personally have a code. This is my sister. And this is what I, mean, I ain't doing it for to to make no commission or nothing like that. My sister really got some good shit that I think you guys need to check out. Get the album anyway, get the album flex uh by Rim Steel. Uh it's out everywhere right now. He just dropped it. It's pretty dope. Pretty fucking dope. I'm telling y'all now. Y'all go ahead and go get that. Get anything by Crazy Visionary. Y'all know that's my boy. He's getting ready to come on the show again. You know what I mean? Like, I got to have him up. So, like, uh, get all of his stuff. Low-key, I think that's his last thing. Check out Miller High Life. Uh, check out uh, Twin Peaks. Uh, it's, it's, I think that's what that is. Anyway, he got a lot of fucking songs. Uh, and he's dope. Uh, check out Crazy Visionary. Uh, Mike Willione. Check out all it. Check out P Valley, and all of his whole catalog. I love it. And make sure to get 60k smokes. Go to 60k.net, and that's my boy. Um, let me see, man. I ain't trying to leave nobody out. I mean, if I did leave you out, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Thank you. I'm tired, man. But look, I did my last show. My last two shows, I had coronavirus, and um, I didn't really want to say much, but, like, I was going, and I fought through that shit, and I survived it. That's why some of these videos, they're not, like, conspiracies. This is shit that I just went through, and I'm like, damn, I can't even believe shit like that out there. But then, at the same time, I survived it, but I know people who it really affected. So, like, if somebody's running to go get the vaccine or not getting the vaccine, I don't care. I love people. I love you guys. You know what I mean? That that's the that is the real fucking truth. Um now Boosie out here telling people to get the vaccine, that's on Boosie, man. Y'all do what celebrities tell y'all to do if y'all want to. Like <laughs> that's crazy. I I I would definitely wait until it's FDA approved. Um this little girl, yo, check yeah, check this out. This little girl, she was a normal kid. Watch this. My name is Stephanie, and this is my daughter, Maddie, and we live in Ohio. On January 20th, Maddie received her second dose of the Pfizer COVID vaccine. My husband works in the medical field, and I have a degree in electrical engineering. We are pro-vaccine and pro-science. Before Maddie got her final dose of the vaccine, she was a healthy 12-year-old who got straight A's um, and had lots of friends. She had a life. She was energetic. She was not like this. Upon receiving the second shot, Maddie immediately felt pain at the injection site. Over the next two and a half months, her abdominal muscle and nerve pain became unbearable. She developed additional symptoms that included gastroparesis, nausea and vomiting, erratic blood pressure and heart rate, memory loss, she mixes up words, brain fog, headaches, dizziness, fainting, she fell and hit her head, and then um, seizures. She had verbal, she developed verbal and motor tics. She had loss of feeling from the waist down and muscle weakness. 
drastic changes in her vision, urinary retention and loss of bladder control, severely irregular and heavy menstrual cycles, and eventually she had to have an NG tube put in to get nutrition. All of these symptoms are still here today. Some days are worse than others. So I got something else. Uh, this was published. Uh, I forgot what social media I was on. Either Instagram or Facebook. It was on there. But check this out. Boom. Now, what's the difference in the Negroes? That's, this is why I say African-American is not a, a nationality. It's not because it's not. It's not a place you can go to called Africa-America. It's not, uh, you know, what they did was pencil whip history until we ain't have no land, no evidence, no nothing. They just gave us another fucking identity and fucked some shit up. And that why, that's why I had a lot of these uh, videos like that I had. You know, I don't. Well, who the fuck really wants to get negative feedback? This is nothing. Um, the government, I'm not saying they're trying to kill you. I don't know who is. But the government and every organization literally is just comprised of regular people like me and you. You know what I mean? I don't think it's one evil motherfucker out there who's trying to push the button to blow up the world. And if it is, I'm quite... I mean, it's some people out there, and they, shit, it was suicide bombers and... Uh, Unabombers and all of this bullshit, but at the same time, I don't think you know. I mean, like I say, these people work government jobs and regular jobs, and you know, they are just people, man. You know, and everybody got different job descriptions. We don't know who's really doing what, so don't spend most of your life on these conspiracies that are wrapped up into them. You know, they're just good videos. That's why I share them with y'all because it's it's near and dear. Because these things, if you watch too much of this stuff, it will consume your life. That will be your life. You know what I mean? And the more you watch it, and the more engaged, the more it becomes your everyday reality you know what it means so i don't watch like slave movies and shit like that because i know uh history was pencil whipped it was pencil whipped somebody somebody in the past went wrote fucking history the way they wanted to go or the way they wanted it to be seen or perceived and we fell for it for a long time i did too but now i call bullshit on everything on everything. This is Turtle Island, ladies and gentlemen. This is Turtle Island. And this is where we're at. Turtle Island. And we can start from there. And all of the hermetics and, and uh, you know, uh, all of the things I've read about, you know, uh, uh, Shiva and you name it. You know, uh, even the Bible and everything. Everything I've read, I've collected all of those thoughts. And I realized somebody wrote this stuff. And they wrote it in their favor, no matter what, no matter who won the war or whatever. So it's not really wise to uh, put all of your faith into what's been written. Sometimes you can find facts on trees. Or sometimes you can find pyramids. Or you can find uh, real artifacts. And when you look at them, look at them for what they are. You know what I mean? So that's just something that I, I, I've been on. But... And you got a question, why spend millions, billions of dollars blowing up people in tents? Like, literally, like, do the people in tents, are they that bad of people? Like, so who's the terrorist? The U.S. has a problem with extremism, but it might not be the kind you're thinking of. In terms of sheer numbers of attacks in the U.S. over the last decade, one group in particular should stand out to you. 
11 worshipers shot and killed in a Jewish synagogue in Pittsburgh by a man shouting anti-Semitic slurs. 14 pipe bombs at the doors of leading Democratic politicians and donors and CNN. Two black customers shot in a grocery store in Kentucky by a white man after he failed to make it inside a predominantly black church minutes before. All within the last two weeks. White supremacist and other forms of right-wing violence are currently the deadliest active domestic extremist movements in the U.S., according to data from several civil rights groups that track hate crimes and extremist violence. Southern Poverty Law Center is one of those groups. We spoke with the center's Heidi Byrick, who's been following extremist movements for almost two decades, to help break it all down. Let's just start with the numbers. Over the last decade, right-wing extremists committed more than 70% of extremist-related murders, according to a report published earlier this year by the Anti-Defamation League Center on Extremism. The Government Accountability Office similarly reported in 2017 that right-wing extremists were responsible for 73% of fatal extremist incidents since 9-11. The most common groups victimized by these extremists are those who are Black, Hispanic, or part of a multiracial couple or family. It's important to note that right-wing domestic extremism is an umbrella term under which various right-wing ideologies fall in the U.S. Crimes committed by people who are anti-government, anti-Semitic, homophobic, Islamophobic, xenophobic, and fascist, among other things, also fall under this category. But of all the subgroups that fall under right-wing domestic extremism, white supremacists have committed the most attacks in recent years like the Charleston church shooting and the Charlottesville attack. When we talk about terrorism at the Southern Poverty Law Center, we're talking about white supremacy. And what I mean by that is somebody who believes the white race is literally better than all the other races. And these folks usually believe that the United States should be what they call a white ethno state. When it comes to racially motivated hate crimes, black Americans are overwhelmingly targeted. They make up 66% of the victims of racially motivated hate crimes since 1995. A recent report by the Center for the Study of Hate and Extremism at California State University San Bernardino shows that anti-Black hate crimes were among the most common of any in at least five of the 10 largest U.S. cities in 2017. And when it comes to extremist ideologies, there have been incidents of attacks inspired by the so-called Islamic State. For example, the mass shootings at Pulse nightclub in 2016 and a San Bernardino Health Center in 2015. But statistically, white American men in the U.S. pose a bigger threat than foreigners committing acts of extremism. But you might not know that based on some of the coverage and political rhetoric surrounding extremism. Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. I think Islam hates us. I want surveillance of certain mosques, okay? Journalists have also been complicit in the narrative that often paints white perpetrators as quiet or lone wolves, rather than labeling them as terrorists, as they're often quicker to do with non-white perpetrators. Extremist attacks committed by those who are Muslim receive on average 357% more U.S. press coverage than those committed by non-Muslims, according to a recent university study. If all the domestic terrorists who are white males were covered as heavily and connected together in one story, we would have a different image that would come to our mind. In fact, Muslims and Jews are among the most frequent religious targets of white supremacist violence. Muslims comprise 24% and Jews 54% 
of victims of religiously motivated hate crimes, according to the FBI's most recent data. You know, in people's minds, they don't really put together that this is a pattern of violent activity connected to one ideology, basically white supremacy, in the same way that they do when they think about um, extremist Muslim violence. But when it comes to actually being charged with terrorism, recent data from an investigative nonprofit, The Nation Institute, shows that when terrorist incidents result in arrest, Muslim perpetrators are far more likely to be charged than far-right perpetrators. A very small number of white supremacist cases do result in terrorism charges. But what about the Oklahoma City bomber? What about the Parkland school shooter? Indeed, all of these people had a well-documented history of racist, homophobic, or anti-Semitic views. There is a very, very narrow range under um, the law that applies to domestic terrorism where someone can actually be charged for terroristic offenses. It usually involves uh, things like, did they use a weapon of mass destruction? So you could have a person committing an act of terrorism internationally that is exactly the same as someone doing it domestically, and you're gonna get two completely different sets of charges. Though there are varying definitions, under the federal U.S. Criminal Code, domestic terrorism is defined as, quote, acts dangerous to human life that are a violation of the criminal laws of the United States or of any state intended to intimidate the population and influence the government. Byrick says domestic terrorism legislation tends to be stronger at the state level than federal. While some politicians have called on the government to pass a domestic terrorism statute, other people say that would be federal overreach. It's also important to note that different groups have different standards for tracking extremist violence. But no matter which way you look at it, Data overwhelmingly show that white men are committing more acts of violent extremism in the U.S. than any other group, and it's on the rise. The number of hate groups in the U.S. have been ticking up in the last few years. White supremacist murders more than doubled from 2016 to 2017. Hate crimes also surged. And this hate has found a home online. Major tech platforms, including Google, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, have come under scrutiny over whether they're doing enough to monitor and block this hateful rhetoric. Increasingly, white supremacists with significant followings have been booted from the platforms, but tech companies also face pushback over whether those actions amount to censoring free speech. Byrick says this kind of thinking isn't likely to go away anytime soon, and that everyday citizens who want to combat this problem can write letters to tech companies and local representatives to lobby for increased oversight. But ultimately, she says, it's up to the government to track these movements more closely. White supremacy started with our constitution. It's, it's part of our history. It's something we battled against for decades to get equal rights for people of color. And if we want to get rid of it, we're going to have to defeat, we're going to have to first of all realize how dangerous it is and then defeat that way of thinking here at home. With all of this in mind, do you think the U.S. government should start taking domestic terrorism legislation more seriously? Let me know in the comments. Thanks for tuning in to Now This World this week, and please like and subscribe if you haven't already. Yo, I feel the, the, the uh, love and the air from all people, we the people, like the people, because you're not going to get one group of uh, same skin colored people. I don't give a damn where's that. They're not gonna all be the same skin color and just do one thing as an entire group and, or, and actually get it done. Because it's a bigger power out there and it's not about skin color. It's really 
about history, who's cheating us out of history, who's cheating us out of reality. Um, and then too, I'm, I'm tired of the victims, you know, the, the victim mentality, like be a fighter. Shit. If that's what the fuck it is, that's what the fuck it is. Let's goddamn let's fucking make it happen. You know what I mean? And that's just how I look at life, you know, for all people. And some people is very, uh, they're way less fortunate than I am. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just thankful for what I can do. And I mind my fucking business. Um, yeah. So like, we got um, a lot of people out here that get mad at me on social media a lot of time when I question everything because, like, they didn't question it. They they literally can question it. They, you don't want to question it. Again, go back to minding your fucking business. But when you running around saying, hell Zeus, hell Zeus, hell Zeus, and I'm watching you say hell Zeus and, and do Luciferian stuff and, and, and believe that your people were fucking evil <laughs> because somebody because because somebody evil told you to believe this then i start questioning what the fuck do you you people really 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 want from me you want me to act according no i'm not gonna do that see it started out i was just a regular DJ or whatever like that. And I'm still a, just a regular DJ. It ain't nothing fucking change. I just started talking and making more sense because I got older. I didn't want to be one of these guys in, uh, that's 40 years old. And they say, well, he's just like a 20-year-old. No, I smoke weed and shit. That ain't got nothing to do with none of that shit. That's tribal. I smoke fucking weed. So what? My culture smoke weed. I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, uh, you know, I'm going to be an elder. I'm, I'm going to be older. I'm going to be uh, the evolution of who I once were, you know, and I'm just certain things I don't do no more. And I, I want my friends to get that across. If you're watching the show right now and you're my friend, you understand that I've been going through a change and I recognize that. So, uh, yeah, it's things that we must do differently because we actually feel that way you know maybe maybe in the past i didn't have the nuts to say uh nah this is what it is i was i was kind of more like <clears throat> this is your this is hey just do it let me see what happens i don't want to see what happened no more i know exactly what i want for me and when you love yourself more you know exactly what you want for you so don't ever ever live through a situation or put yourself in a situation because that 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 you don't want to be in because desire is everything Desire is everything. You know, if you don't desire, then you're not going to ever feel pain. But if you choose to desire, you're going to feel pain. That's just the that's what you're paying for. As soon as you desire, you're going to feel pain, anxiety, all this stuff. You know, the past, present. I mean, the past, the future. You know, that's what you will feel because that's what desire brings. Without desire, there's no pain. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, um... I want y'all to check this little video out. This is about the hell suits. <laughs> Raw, the truth about the sun part two. Every picture of Jesus, it has the sun in the back of his head. That originated from Ra, the sun god of Egypt. Baba is about astrology. Our Christians don't know what y'all believe in. It's fake, bro. Not only did the whites take land from us, they took our history. So this guy is referred to as the light of the world. It's astrology. 
This is the light of the world. When do y'all boss go to church? On a Sunday. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the Honorable DJ Miller Monkey Radio Show. Uh, make sure you check me out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, DJMillerMonkey.info. That's DJMillerMonkey.info. Uh, go to Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. And also check out my uh, back catalog on YouTube, Daily Motion, and it's a lot of other places. So, my and on Odyssey. Y'all check me out on Odyssey. So, thank y'all. This is episode 212. Man, I can't thank y'all enough for the things I've done. Shout out to Rockstar. Uh, Shout out to everybody that's helping me make it happen. And shout out to uh, Jarvis Mitchell for being there when I had the coronavirus and, you just, and we did that interview. So y'all go check out them interviews. Thank you uh, uh, to uh, Nate Buchanan, the mutiler. You know what I'm saying? Uh, for more uh, more hustle, more money. Uh, clothing line. Those guys stay stuck in there. Thank y'all so much, man. Yo, I got more episodes coming for y'all. I got more interviews. Shit about to get hot. Thank y'all so much, man. We're going to continue to do our, get, our, our thing. I'm about to say our ghetto thing. Yeah, we're going to continue to do our thing. Thank y'all for support, man. Like, I just can't thank y'all enough, but we about to have a good-ass fucking season. All right. Um, I'm going to leave y'all niggas with a video. <laughs> All right. Holla, episode 212. Be I think our criminal justice system is working as intended. It is only broken to the extent that our, our society is broken. If your intention is to, you know, jail massive numbers of people, if you believe that prison is an effective means of dealing with the myriad uh, social needs of the African-American community, then, then, it, then it's pretty effective. In fact, there's a long history in this country of dealing with problems in the African-American community through criminal justice system, criminalizing social problems in a way that we don't do in other communities. For instance, if you, you know, looked at the research, you would find that somewhere around 60 to 70% of the people in, in prisons and in jails are suffering some sort of mental health problem. Upwards of 50% you know, go in there dealing with some sort of chemical dependency. Viewed from another lens, these are public health problems. One could look at, you know, the massive number of African-American men who, who are out of, out of work and the intersection between that and prison. Well, one could look at where prisons are located. And, you know, you would find that a lot of times prisons are located in rural regions, you know, where all other industries effectively shut down. And you might think of that as actually an employment problem and not a criminal justice problem. The enduring view of African-Americans in this country is as a race of people uh, who are prone to criminality. I mean, literally, we have the notion of, of, of black people as, you know, uh, criminals written into our Constitution. We have a fugitive slave clause, which effectively makes all the things that are normal for any other American in that period illegal for black people. You know, to pursue your own freedom was illegal. Slavery, you know, was enforced by the criminal justice system, the slave laws. It made, you know, very, very ordinary things like learning to read effectively a criminal act. Frederick Douglass is an escaped slave. He's a criminal. You know, he's stolen his body, as he says in, in one of his speeches. Harriet Tubman, you know, is running a massive criminal conspiracy, stealing people. I know we all love Martin Luther King today, but in his time by, you know, the highest powers in the American justice system, Martin Luther King was viewed as a criminal, you know, by J. Edgar Hoover. Arguably, perhaps by, you know, uh, uh, the Kennedy administration and the Johnson administration. I say that because they signed off on the uh, bugging you know, of his home and, you know, wherever he was.
The lens of criminal justice is the way this country has traditionally um, regarded black people. I don't know that anything is broken at all. The deeper question is, are we okay with something on the order of uh, 4,000 African-American males per 100,000 being in jail? Are we, are we okay with that? Are we okay with you know, there being a one in three chance for every you know, African-American male born, born in this generation of eventually doing some sort of time in prisons and in jails? Are, are we all right with that? And that goes to the deeper question of, are we all right with black people in the position that they are in our society? Or do we have some sort of you know, long-term commitment uh, to justice? Put him out and he ain't got no furniture. Let him have it. Boss lady, boss lady, this man needs a bed. And all he can afford is 69 a month. How you gonna get another one without a bed? Come on, baby. This man needs a TV for his bedroom. All he can afford is $59 a month. You know he got all them children. 73 inches, baby. Boss lady, boss lady, this man needs air conditioning. It's hot on the street and he only can pay $49 a month. I'll cool him down, baby. No money down, no paycheck, all the time.